Hello, Allison here, and welcome back to TransConnections. Let's be honest, I'm excited to have all my guests on, and today is certainly no exception. She is not new to sharing her story, and I am excited to let her do it here. How about we go ahead and get started? Why don't you introduce yourself? Well, hello. Um, my name is Charlotte Danielle. Um, I am a 40-year-old trans woman uh, living on Vancouver Island in Canada. Um, I started my social and legal transition last year in June after I came out three days after my 39th birthday in May. And I've been on HRT um, since September. I'm a mother of two. Um, I have a 17-year-old boy and a 10-year-old non-binary youngling. And uh, I usually, if I'm not mucking around in the trans community somewhere on social media and all over the the realm of the transverse. Um, I'm uh, a retro gamer, so I'll play, uh, you know, classic Nintendo games on my uh, on my little emulator station that I have. I'm totally Zelda, Mario, and Metroid addicted. Um, or I'm, you know, watching some sort of like criminal docu series or something on Netflix. But um, yeah, that's me. Just pretty much a chilled out open book. <laughs> so, I love to talk trans. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Uh, I'm excited to have you on. I know that you, um, you've you shared your story to uh, to me previously, mm -hmm. um, but I'd love for you to share your story to, uh, to our guests. Is there anything specifically that you wanted to share with them or talk about? Well, I guess with my story, it's never a short one. So, um, you know, I, I like to start off with just mentioning that like many, I was five years old um, when I had my first quote unquote trans experience. Um, I, I'm a product of the 80s and 90s. And so in the, in the mid 80s, there was a TV show called Rainbow Bright. And uh, the concept of it was um, the main character was bringing color back to the land that she lived in. And she had all her friends and whatever, you know, it had been, the color had been stolen by some evil enemy or whatever. And so I used to get up and I'd dance around and have a good old fun time with that. But this particular time um, that I'm talking about, I made this makeshift dress out of this long shirt that I had. And I had this rainbow belt that I wore around it. And I was fighting, fighting evil with uh, the main character there. And my mom came out and saw me and, um, she made this point of, well, you're doing such a great job, you know, supportive mom, you're doing such a great job, but you do realize that boys wear pants and girls wear dresses and you're a boy. So you're not exactly going to be wearing dresses. Just, you should know that. And it devastated me at that time. Um, I was very, very sad. Um, it was, it, and, it, and it went on. My father came home that night. My mom had told him. And he felt it necessary to sit me down and tell me that the same sort of thing, you know, well, boys do this. And I got the whole rant. I got the whole story of, um, you know, this is what men do. And this is what women do. And men look after this and they have solid jobs and all that sort of stuff. And anyway, that whole experience um, I attribute to, uh, and it's not their fault, but I attribute it to putting me into a repression. Um, so I didn't, after that, I didn't, um, acknowledge anything to do with um, my gender beyond being quote unquote male. And so all the way through my, my youth, all the way through, there were moments that I had this, um, you know, oh, this, I wish I had looked like her, or I wish I had been born a girl, but those are just thoughts, right? So you just put them away. I, I added them to the repression pile. And um, I really didn't 
think of it much again until um, my own home life started to fall apart um, because I myself also was unable to continue this role of masculinity of being a male. Um, I had worn so many masks over the years to try and give myself strength and it was exhausting to keep them going. Um, you know, like trying to pretend I was a, a, this type of male or pretend I was that type of male and, and, you know, try and go to, I worked in, I was a heavy electrician, um, working in an electrical shop and, uh, surrounded by men daily. Um, and so it just felt like I had to be what they were. Um, and when I couldn't do it anymore, um, I just, I started collapsing and I, I was, I wasn't able to do my job very well. I wasn't looking after my house or my family very well. I was very, very negative and depressed and, and angry person. And um, COVID hit. <laughs> so last year when COVID hit, um, you know, it was March and I had just gone off work for a um, depressive bout, um, incredible depressive bout. And uh, then we ended up isolated at home. And at some point from what had gone on with, um, with you know, my, my family at that point, my wife was uh, disappointed in how things were going with us. And so she was exploring things in her life and, and finding where she was uh, feeling that she belonged. Um, and I ended up sharing with her at some point that uh, I had known I was pansexual. And so it was my sexual identity that kind of helped me crack into LGBTQ as, um, you know, a, a, a topic we could discuss in the household or whatever. When I told her this, I'm pansexual, um, to basically try and make things seem a little smoother, you know, like she was curious at looking at different, um, you know, where her uh, um, romantic uh, connections would lie and things like that. And so it seemed like it would be easier at the time to smooth things over by telling her. So I told her. And the funny thing there is that that started changing some metrics because I accepted it finally by telling my family. So that began to change my social media metrics because I began to become comfortable looking at LGBTQ content on the internet, in social media and things like that. And so what ended up happening was I started seeing more and more, um, you know, gay people, more and more uh, bisexuals and, and all this sort of content showing up. And somewhere along the line, I started getting transgender folk in, but I was so, um, I still was kind of sheltered at that point and didn't really understand what fully what transgender was, but I was learning crazy over, over the course of um, uh, the end of March, April there. And at some point along the way, I, um, I, I just, I couldn't hold myself together anymore. And um, trigger warning to anybody, <laughs> content warning, self-harm. Um, I, I got to a very, very low point where I felt like I just couldn't go on anymore. And so at my lowest, I was desperately looking for counseling or something to try and help me find a reason to stay here, um, to, 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 you know, remain alive and, and living. And I happened upon a sponsored, uh, ad on Instagram that this one woman was doing and you know she was talking about how coming out is a hard time in our lives and you know it's it's something that uh counseling can help with and this service is really useful or whatever and so um for some reason i 
I looked at this woman talking about it and I said to myself, like, why should I believe you? <laughs> I questioned, I was doubting this person. Why should I believe you that this service is good? And their Instagram account was, was posted with it. Um, so I said, well, let's find out who you are. Um, you know, if I can understand who you are, maybe I can access the service. I don't know why I was so cynical about it, but it was. And so I tapped into their Instagram and I was immediately, you know, greeted on their, their first post with uh, this beautiful woman, um, you know, just commenting that they're a 30 something mother and, you know, living life and all this sort of stuff. And I, I kept, felt compelled to keep scrolling through their Instagram feed. And I stumbled across somebody who looked very similar to them, but didn't seem to like, you know, could have been a close relation, maybe, you know, brother or something like that, a masculine individual. And it was a Transition Tuesday post. Um, so it was one of those before after shots. This is where I came from. This is where I am. And it was this woman who had shared six months into their uh, transition, a picture of themselves. And it blew me away. I didn't realize that transition could be, you know, so successful, so possible, so, you know, something you can, you could grasp. And it was enough for me to open my mind at that point and go, wow, what would my life have been like if I had actually, you know, been a woman? What if I looked at it through the lens of me being female and not male, like I've been trying to be. And at that moment, it was just enough for my entire mind to release the repression. And I could see all the moments in my past, uh, you know, interactions with people and conversations and moments where I felt I just completely failed because I came at it from, you know, this role as opposed to a different one. And it, it, everything just fell in place. And um, I, I mean, as, as hokey as it sounds, that was when I knew I was, I was transgender. And it's been been a heck of a ride <laughs> i literally uh, came out um yeah, that was mid-may i literally came out uh june 1st with pride month um i did it on facebook told everyone at once and um yeah it, it's i started socially and legally transitioning um shortly after that and hit hrt uh, followed all the steps and hit hrt in september last year and never looked back so yeah, that's the length. That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, that's very funny or interesting, I guess. Um, I I think wonder if all of us have like our first trans experience at five because that's just as old as we can remember. Um, I think they say somewhere between that four and five years range is when people are able to remember their their youngest memories, right, or their oldest memories. Mm -hmm. Um. Because for me, it's the same thing. Around the age of five, uh, I was stealing my sister's clothes because she was about the same age as me. And until the day I came out to her, she always thought it was weird that I had taken her clothes, um, but just assumed it was her older brother just being a jerk uh, and <laughs> didn't ever consider the fact that I could have been trying them on even. Um yeah. And it wasn't until I came out and she brought it up first. She was the first one to say, is that why you stole my clothes? Um, but that very similar type idea of like when I was five, I was doing things that subconsciously I had absolutely no idea uh, why I was doing it or why I was compelled to try on 
my sister's clothes. Uh, and it, it made no sense to me. However, it was something that I wanted to do. Um, so I did, uh, and I have, you know, similar stories all throughout my, my childhood of times that I did things like that. And it didn't make sense why I wanted to do that until all of a sudden the day that it all clicked together. And I was like, Oh, maybe this is why, um, uh, right. Uh, yeah. you, you talked about how your sexuality kind of opened the door for you. Um, mm-hmm. my gender identity has definitely been the exact opposite for me. All of a sudden now I'm questioning my sexual identity because of my gender identity, mm-hmm. trying to understand. And, and I think that's like, even for me, I, I say so confidently that I'm, you know, pansexual. And I mean, I did identify that way for quite a long time. I fly, uh, anybody who follows me on Instagram or, or, uh, you know, uh, transverse, all that sort of stuff can knows that when I'm, when I'm on a video or take a photo behind me, I have pride flags. And so I have the rainbow flag, I have the trans flag, but I also fly the pansexual flag. And uh, <laughs> I think it's changing, to be honest. I, uh, I, I don't feel the same um, draw and attention to masculinity that I thought I did. And so, um, yeah, I'm most likely changing the pan one to a poly one. It's not that I don't I, I, I have a draw to masculine people, but I just don't, I'm not drawn to the hardcore, you know, male side men. It's just not my, I'm not attracted to them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it doesn't quite qualify. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sexual identity, I feel like there's just so many different not options, but just ways people love uh, and fall in love and, are attracted to and all of that, that it just is so, so confusing all the time. Uh, and I think that like, for me, like I literally the thought process that has gone through my mind is, was I attracted to women because, uh, I was trying to convince myself that I was a man and men are attracted to women. Men are not attracted to other men. Uh, and uh, I had that thought process. I told you this earlier, like literally about just about everything I did um, before I started coming out was, you know, do I'm doing this because it's the masculine thing to do. It's the thing to convince myself subconsciously that I am a man. Um, and so knowing that I did all of that kind of stuff, we talked about cigars earlier, uh, like literally smoking a cigar. Yeah. I hated it. I did not enjoy smoking a cigar. However, I did it because if I didn't, I would look or feel less masculine. Uh, And so I smoked cigars. Didn't, should not have been doing it. It was not fun. I didn't enjoy doing it. They didn't taste good. There was a hundred reasons why I shouldn't have done it, but I did it for one reason. And that was to prove to myself that I was a man. Uh, And so if I was going through that much work to prove I was a man before I came out as transgender, did I convince myself I was attracted to women because of that? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, like, I, I have questioned my sexuality almost daily since I came out as transgender, and it's been two and a half, almost three years now. Uh, so I also took a lot of time off of dating uh, in that yeah. time frame. Yeah, I just shut those doors myself. I, uh, I was, I was uh, kind of, like, I'm, I'm separated um, from my wife. We were high school sweethearts. And so, I mean, the shock of, of finding out that somebody you grew up with, understanding them as male and then realizing, oh, crap, they're not. I mean, she loves me dearly, 
but she has to be true to herself too. You know, she's, she's cisgender heterosexual. She's not, um, she's not anything but that. And so the concept of being with a woman, uh, regardless of how much she loves me, just isn't, um, it's not something she can romantically, uh, or sexually, you know, get into. So it, we remain the best of friends, but in, in being newly single, um, and being somebody who has always had people around, I, I started looking for, you know, that next connection right away. And I think that's what people would call the rebound, right? <laughs> but I, I definitely was, was, I was on all the dating apps. I was, uh, you know, keeping an eye out on who's in the city and all that sort of stuff. I was taking the messages and I just sort of looked at it, uh, lately and said, you know, I don't fully recognize who. Um, Charlotte is 110% yet, you know, like, I really only, you know, quote, unquote, met myself back in May last year. So I don't, as much as I know myself as Christian, my dead name, I don't fully recognize and know myself as Charlotte yet. And so I'm going out looking for things that looking for people looking for qualities that I don't even know if I actually like yet. And I just didn't feel comfortable continuing to, to, you know, find people or put these conversations on. And when you put yourself out there in the dating pool, it's, uh, whew, it's, uh, I find it quite challenging. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, comments and judging and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's, uh, just not for me right now. So yeah, I pulled that. <laughs> but I, I think with, uh, sexuality, it's another one of those things that, um, I mean, it, we very much want to put a, a label on ourselves, um, you know, to understand who we are and say, this is me. And I certainly was incredibly happy to do that, uh, you know, with pansexual and transgender. Um, I mean, transgender is me through and through. Pansexual, you know what? I thought it was. And I think sexuality is is fluid as well. Um, I think there are points in our life where, you know, yeah, this person um, will totally attract you. Um, whereas somebody else with very similar qualities, uh, won't necessarily attract you, you know, um, it's, it's who we are. <laughs> yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I, I do, I think that it's very much fluid. Um, I think that you can at different points in your life, understand yourself differently and understand what's important to you differently. Uh, yeah. just as you know, things, our lives change and what's important when you're 20 is no longer important when you're 30, um, <laughs> or 40 or 50. <laughs> so, like, I think sexuality is definitely a part of that. I think uh, gender identity is also uh, just as fluid. Um, and I think that there are people, I don't, I don't identify this way, but that doesn't mean that others do or don't as well. Um, and when they do, they're not any less valid than I am. Uh, and I think that that's like, you know, that's difficult to come to terms with sometimes um, individually. I think some of us, and it took me 30 years, it took you... Um, just as 39. long, 39. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's not like it's something that we can just, um, switch on and switch off sometimes. Not at all. <laughs> Charlotte, can you talk a little bit about the transverse network? Um, yeah. I would love to hear a little bit more about it. And yeah. I think that they're a great, uh, not well resource for sure, but just a great, um, great thing to have available. Mm-hmm. So the transverse, um, we we formally launched in February, um, and we did go by the name the transverse network initially. Um, 
because we had we had the solid goal of just being a media network that would um, promote and show um, um, transgender content creators. But as we began to grow and develop it at we, as Emily, who is the uh, the CEO of the company, and uh, Genevieve, who is the uh, chief operations officer, they were the initial group that started this. Um, and it went around the transgender show, um, which airs on Tuesday nights. Emily um, is the host and she interviews people very much like uh, like you're doing with this podcast um, to get stories, to share people's stories and to delve into uh, anything transgender, non-conforming, non-binary, intersex, anything within that that whole umbra- uh, well realm. And as they began to develop that, I was up here beginning to look at what I was going to do. I had lost my job. I was laid off um, and I needed to figure something out. And my passion was continually coming back to community. Um, I've always had a passion for community in general, but now identifying uh, transgender, I, for the first time, truly felt that I belonged 100% in a specific community and understood what people were going through, what people needed in, well, in many ways or wanted anyway. And so I was developing a community resource on my own that was going to be um, some way of bringing people together, um, connecting, uh, get people talking about their stories and what the experience is like, um, while also providing essential resources that I couldn't find when I came out. Um, it, It was so hard in COVID to figure out, uh, find what I needed to to take the next steps for myself, I really didn't want others to have to deal with that. So I ended up uh, being uh, in, invited to uh, be on the transgender show. And I did my interview with Emily. Uh, we had a great go. I really enjoyed doing it. And about a week or two later, I was approached by uh, Genevieve and uh, she and I had been talking on and off for several months. She she would support me. I'd support her just as friends. And she sort of was asking me questions about what I was developing uh, on my own. And it worked out that it was just, it made more sense to have the community component brought in to the transverse and make the transverse something bigger. So what we ended up developing is an organization um, that is fully focused on transgender, gender fluid, non-binary, non-conforming, intersex folks, anybody basically who looks at the binary and says, that's not for me. Um, I fit all over that. Um, We want to be able to provide them with the connection um, and the support that they need to be able to accept themselves and live a life without shame, just be happy, healthy, you know, have a full, complete life. So we have our media network, which airs currently about five shows uh, throughout the week. Um, We've got more in development and more coming. Um, We have our community, um, which I work on. I'm the executive director of community for the transverse. So we have a Discord community that uh, we're bringing folks into to be able to connect and talk and share um, their stories. Uh, We also have kind of just a, there's a camaraderie on there that's really neat. You know, people play games together, talk things, share memes and all that sort of stuff. It's fun. Um, and we're beginning to partner with uh, some external groups to connect resources and services uh, into the transverse as well. So um, currently we have a partnership with um, Parkwest Pharmacy out of Northwest Arkansas. 
um, when Herzog and her team there are uh, working with us to uh, figure out how we can connect uh, the, the transitional pharmaceuticals that uh, folks need to those who can't necessarily get them from uh, insurance or, um, you know, in their state or something like that. So we're going to be able to um, uh, help them get their, their drugs at cost, um, at the pharmacist cost, uh, which will greatly you know, ease things up. And we can do that across state lines, which is really neat as well. Uh, we're partnering with uh, Invisible T-Men out of Los Angeles. Um, that is an organization focused on transmasculine individuals, um, folks who need all sorts of uh, information and connection and things that are unique to uh, being uh, masculine, transmasculine. Um, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of medical um, uh, in the medical area that does not support transgender people, especially in the United States, and especially for transmasculine individuals. So um, we're happy to partner with them and see if we can help. Uh, you know, increase their reach as well as uh, improve resources for, for uh, transmasculine folks. Um, and we're also working on a partnership with uh, a new company that's going to be coming out very soon with their own resource uh, referral site, uh, LGBT411. Uh, um, they're going to be basically a, a global site uh, sharing any transgender, uh, non-conforming, non-binary intersex uh, resource or service. Um, and so we'll be able to make use of their resources and add to it as we learn from our community, uh, but also refer our community there to be able to get what they need. Um, so that's that's the global image of uh, the transverse. It's pretty big and ambitious, but uh, we're, we're very happy with how we're doing, where we're going. Uh, we're beginning to uh, plan for investments and, and things like that so we can actually get the, the company site going. So structurally, the media network uh, will be funded through investments and sponsorships. The community will be a nonprofit organization. Anything that is needed to run that nonprofit will come off the transverse uh, uh, company. Uh, they, we will provide all of the operational costs, all of that sort of stuff. So anything that's donated to the community will stay within the community um, so that it can grow and develop and you know continue to build resources that the community will need over time. That's that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, I mean, the, the the goal of this podcast is very much to just share stories and and let people listen to different stories and different um, experiences that um, so many trans people have um, that are very similar to each other's. Uh, and I think that the um, transverse, I guess, the, all the media network and all of the stuff that you guys are doing uh, has uh, is along the same lines. Uh, and so the more stories that anybody who's questioning or is trying to understand the, uh, more about themselves, the more stories you listen to, the better. Uh, yeah. I certainly don't think that um, all the stories on my podcast are the only stories out there. There are thousands, millions of them available. And the more that you have, the more you can listen to, the easier it is to identify um, what you're thinking and how you're feeling um, and be able to work out, work things out through your, through your own, your own processes. Yeah. And, and every story is unique. I mean, we know that, right? So getting the same story out in as many places as possible is just as, just as important too, right? So, I mean, there, anybody who's listening to this and thinks, oh, I, I wanted to do that. Oh, darn somebody else's do it. 
Um, yeah. You know, do your own podcast, do your own show. Um, come to us. We'll try and help you out as best we can. I should actually, um, that's another thing. I should run through the, uh, the what shows we actually have on the network. Um, yeah, absolutely. Give a bit of, <laughs> so um, Monday nights, they're off right now, but we'll be back in on uh, in September is Quarantine Kitchen with Instagrams at Billy by Design. Um, and so Billy uh, hosts um, a show where they, they uh, her and a guest from the trans community will cook uh, dishes in their own kitchens and talk. Uh, we call it a cooking show, but it, it generally is more of a, uh, a chat show that happens to have cooking going on on the side. Um, but Billy is an amazing uh, host, uh, always jovial, tons of uh, stories and, and uh, things to chat about. Love her very, very much. So that's 5 p.m. on Mondays. The Transgender Show, one of our anchor shows uh, that I talked about there with Emily uh, talking about uh, people's stories, airs on Tuesday nights. Uh, it goes pretty much all year round. Uh, so Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. you can catch it. Uh, Builder's Block is one that I rather enjoy. Um, we have three hosts who each have their own individual um, craft items, if you will, things that they like to do in their spare time. So we have Emily from the Transgender Show. She builds uh, or customizes droids from uh, the Star Wars uh, uh, galaxies. So um, she'll get these just blank casts of uh, of you know, R2-D2 style droids or whatever, and uh, customize them, uh, make them all look battle-worn and things like that. It's amazing. So she does that on the show. Um, we have Jess, who does, um, what does she do? She's doing Lego builds. She, so cool. She has so much Lego in her place. It's unbelievable. But she'll build uh, various, you know, Lego, uh, like Town Hall she was working on not too long ago, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of bricks. <laughs> it's just amazing. But there's all discussion going on while she's doing it. And then uh, Rosa, who is a streamer, uh, gaming streamer with a lot of, uh, you know, Nintendo and, and other content. Um, she does mech um, uh, builds. So these little neat little robot characters and stuff and so she'll do those on the show which is really cool so that's 6 p.m on wednesdays on thursdays we do behind open doors and behind open doors is a talk show specifically based around um, um transgender non-conforming non-binary intersex um sexuality and how um how we can lead happy and healthy sexual and romantic lives as well and so we air that one around uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays um, with Genevieve. She uh, she hosts that one. And it's very frank and very open and very honest. So um, it's it's a it, it's a very in-deep show. I've learned a lot. Let's put, that, <laughs> let's put it that way. I love watching that one. And then we have another show that used to be on Fridays, but we're kind of floating it around right now. And that's Valkyries. Valkyries is... Um, a group of mods uh, who are all friends, uh, so moderators for shows and, and communities, and they play games and badmouth each other and <laughs> fire insults around. It's absolutely hilarious. But uh, so that's one that we're we're currently trying to find a new spot for. It'll probably end up uh, Monday evening or or you know maybe back on Friday. But either way, that's another one to keep an eye out on. So all these are on um, our Twitch network, which is Twitch.tv/slash/TheTransverse. And uh, all of our past episodes are there as well. So if anybody wants to sort of hop on when we're not live and see what's going on, we got them. Um, 
then we have a lot of uh, a lot of the well-known Instagrammers are uh, have done an episode of the transgender show as well. So, um, you know, you can you can hop on there and probably find one or two of your favorites and uh, and give it a listen as well. So, yeah. And we're constantly, like I say, constantly working on new shows. Um, we're shooting a tabletop RPG uh, episode this weekend. It's my first one I've ever done. So I'm a little nervous about it myself, but that'll be fun. <laughs> so, yeah. So all sorts of different things coming. And if you out there listening ever have something you're interested in getting out live, but need a bit of a helping hand, or you have something that you're doing that uh, you think we might like to, to put out to the community, give us a shout, let us know. Uh, we work with content creators to help get their their uh, shows out in public. So we'll work with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, our um, so I had Billy on the show. Uh, it'll probably be two episodes ago. Um, and I, she was great. I absolutely love uh, love talking to her. I hope to get her back on. Um, she has some great stories. She is just super friendly uh an amazing amazing person for sure um and me and her actually started our transition almost to the day exactly at the same time wow uh, that's neat it is it's a really cool connection uh and so she has been um she's been a real i guess inspiration for myself even uh and seeing her go through the the quarantine kitchen last year and for me trying to identify how i want to uh, support the community, um, and kind of an inspiration for this, this podcast. So, uh, definitely if you haven't had a chance to check out Billy's show, quarantine kitchen, uh, make sure you, uh, get on and, and take a look at that. She's, she's definitely great. And all of the other episodes or all the other shows, um, also seem like really great shows. And, and the transgender show is almost exactly, uh, what this podcast is about. So the more stories you can hear, the better, uh, go listen to them. Um, don't stop listening to this podcast, but definitely <laughs> no, go, no, no, no. <laughs> go listen to the other ones as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, Charlotte, thank you very much for sharing all of that about, uh, the transverse. Um, I, that's exciting to hear all of the new things that you guys are also working on. Um, it's definitely getting, uh, I remember hearing about it, uh, towards the beginning of the spring, I guess, earlier this year, uh, and kind of just looking at it, trying to figure out what exactly it was. Uh, there's several of those types of things going around, especially on Twitch. Um, I'd never really heard of Twitch even until I got into the LGBT community and started seeing things being done on it. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, I'm really excited to see what else you guys are able to, to put out there. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a fun ride. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what else you got for us? Anything else you want to share? Anything else I want to share? Well, (laughs) I can tell you that uh, I I can tell you, I I mentioned uh, earlier, I think in my introduction that uh, I am the proud mother of a 10 year old non-binary youngling, which is an amazing uh, thing. I just wanted to sort of drop out there that, um, you know, when it comes down to uh, identity and who we are, I think, children have this just unblocked way of sort of looking at who they are if we let them and allow them their own version of, you know, their own way of self-expression and, and whatnot to understand, to discover, to explore. And I've had one or two folk who, um, you know, question or comment, how on earth can you let, uh, you know, a 10-year-old try and 
you know, identify themselves at this point. And I just kind of wanted to, to, I guess, take the, the advantage of the podcast to put out there and say, you know, let your kids explore. Um, don't be afraid to let them use different pronouns. Don't be afraid to let them try different clothing and and different games and things. The The whole societal construct of gender is something that um, it's built you know, we came up with it. We came up with the concept of A and B, male, female, and whatnot. And so as kids are, are beginning to, to grow up and figure out who they are, giving them that latitude to be able to play means that they're going to have a much healthier and more open and accepting lifestyle than almost any of us have, um, you know, before the, the, the younger generations now. And so I mean, if you're if you're there and you're a parent and your your child comes up to you and says, you know, I would prefer to use they them and a different name, let them, help them, encourage them, support them, tell them you love them, and and let them. You know that's the biggest piece. Um, my my youngest has come out of their shell just tenfold since um, their mom and I. Uh, you know, looked at them and said, we love you and we support you. So whatever you want to do, you know, as long as you're not hurting other people, we don't care. Be yourself. And that's what matters. And to see where this child was very beaten down in, uh, you know, a COVID world, but has turned around and become so amazingly full of life. Um, I wish that for anybody out there who has kids. Um just to love and support them on any quest, including uh, their own gender identity. So that's, that's, that's a little snip I want to put in. <laughs> I, I like that. And I will say that like, you know, as a um, transgender woman who came out when I was 30, I often wonder if I had been allowed to not have this social construct of, male and female when I was younger, if I would have recognized a lot sooner. Um, so we talked about, you know, when I was five, I was doing things. I didn't understand why I was doing them. I just was compelled to do that. If I had been allowed publicly or more less, um, less privately been allowed to even, um, explore that, would I have understood it a lot sooner? And would I have had a different, uh, you know, different path growing up? Would I be where I'm at currently? And don't get me wrong. I love where I'm at currently. I think I'm in a great spot, but at the same time, could I have gotten there sooner? Uh, and that's, I, I think that, you know, if we're, if we're going to go down that path of, you know, male, female, like why not let kids understand what that means sooner? Um, I did so many things when I was younger, like smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, drinking black coffee. In my mind, I was telling myself I'm doing these things because I'm supposed to be a man. And that just like that mind, that thought process, that mind thought like just is so frustrating that that was even in my head because it's not appropriate. It's not things that like anybody else thinks about. Uh, there's no reason to be thinking like I need to smoke a cigar because if I don't, I'll look less masculine. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Uh, and so when we push that on our kids the same way it was pushed on all of us, uh, it very quickly makes it difficult for them to 
live their true, authentic, happy lives. And kids shouldn't be having to think about, if I do this, am I going to look masculine? Because I don't want my parents to think I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and even... (laughs) I mean, when I go traipsing through a mall in my my nice, beautiful sundress and and uh, you know I'm not wearing my wig like I don't do in the summer because it's <laughs> it's hot, um, you know I I get looks I get uh, I I definitely get looked at and you can hear one or two little conversations behind. It doesn't bother me because of who I am. Um, I figure you know I spent all this time masquerading as a guy. Now that I'm finally myself, I don't care if you want to talk to me or talk about me. That's fine, but. You know, my, my kiddo doesn't deserve that. And, and you know, just be accepted. Come on, people. Be accepted. Yeah, and <laughs> Support, I think encourage. I've said this on a couple of other episodes, but I think that it really resonates with, uh, you know, especially when you're, if you're having that concern of what other people are going to say or other people are going to think. Um, you know, I've said this before. The people who matter don't care. And the people who care don't matter. Uh, and... So if you're out at the mall and some random stranger decides to say something, that's the end of it. They're not going to say anything again. They've said it. You're never going to see them again, so they won't be saying it again. doesn't matter that they've said. they If they choose to care about it, they don't matter to you. Uh, and if they don't care, then they matter a lot to you. Yeah. And the truth is, too, um, I mean, now that I've gone and said that and made it sound like everybody's looking and staring, the truth behind it all is is they don't. Um, you're, we're talking one or two people amongst hundreds. And, uh, I remember the first time I, I decided to go actually wasn't decided. I was going on a date with my wife, um, as myself finally. And, uh, she had convinced me that I should really just go for it, pull the bandaid off right off the bat, go out dressed in, in full presentation and just enjoy the night. I was so scared and nervous of that. Um, I sweat through my wig the first night I had, my makeup was all over my face, just <laughs> running down or whatever from, from fear and all this. And nobody cared. Like, seriously, there was no one who gave any sort of concern over, um, you know, the fact that I was out there looking the way I looked. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Again, one or two, maybe that's it. Just be yourself. <laughs> the whole fear of going out in the in the world. Yeah, okay, I get it. It's a fear. Absolutely, I had it too. But in all honesty, they're not they're not judging you. Not not the way you think they are. It's your head playing games with you. <laughs> yeah, I I had a very similar experience. I had a friend who was like, "Hey, we're going to get our nails done, and you don't have a choice. You're coming with me." And I've got an appointment for two, so you're going to get your nails done as well. Um, and it was a pedicure. It was not a manicure. So like I still wasn't out at work, so I couldn't, couldn't get my, my hand painted, but I could get my toenails painted and it was fun. Um, but she literally told me like, Hey, I think you should come dressed out and be, just be yourself. Uh, there's no reason not to, um, but come however you're comfortable. Don't, you know, Mm -hmm. she didn't force me to do it, but she also was very much like, you need to do this. Uh, and the whole time I just, every single person that walked into the nail salon, I was like, are they going to say something? What are they going to do? Uh, and absolutely nobody said anything. And my friend referred to me as she and her the entire time. And all of the people that were in the nail salon also did like, there was not a single person that tried to make any comments or do anything. And it was, I certainly the entire time. And 
every time after that, I walked into that same nail salon for probably another three or four months. I, every time I just was like, I, somebody's going to say something, but nobody ever said anything. Uh, I think most people, to be honest, are afraid to say something because it, I always equate it to the, uh, the pregnancy question, right? Like you never yes, ask, yeah. never ask a woman if she's pregnant. And the reason you don't ask a woman if she's pregnant is because if she's not, she's going to be extremely offended. And there's, even if you are 99% sure she's pregnant, you still don't ask the question because of 1%, right? And it's the yeah. same, it's the exact same thing, uh, for trans women. Like you don't ask a trans woman if she's trans in public. Like that's just no. not something you say. The people that do say that are the same people that would be comfortable asking a pregnant woman how far along they are without exactly. actually knowing. And so that person isn't, they don't exist really. They're, they're out there for sure, but they just, they're so few and far between uh, that, that it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, We've all heard the horror stories. Um, every one of us has heard of that happening, um, but it's because those one-offs are the ones that get passed around more than anything. Well, and certainly, I mean, if you're, if you're an activist as well, and you're on the front lines of this whole thing, um, you're gonna you're you're probably gonna hear it a lot more than others because you're at a lot of events where you're out in public and really pushing the point. But for for the majority of us who are in, and I'm not an activist, I'm an advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. Um, but for those of us who are just you know living our lives or or at least promoting what uh, you know it is to be transgender from from an advocate standpoint. Um, yeah, there, there aren't many people who are looking at us and going, I'm going to take you down today. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, how was, if you don't mind me asking you, did you, you, you're out at work? I am. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How did it go for you? Did you, did you have issues coming out at work? So, um, my coming out at work was definitely not as smooth as I had wanted it. I work for an amazing company. They have done a ton to become more inclusive and they actually have a inclusivity council. Um, and so we call them, we call them plays, uh, because everything we do is a play out of a playbook. Um, I feel like I'm running a football team every time I talk about them, but, yeah. um, we had, we have a coming out play, um, for trans people. Uh, and I was not the first one to, to go through it. I work for a fortune 500 company. We are very large. We are nationwide, um, here in the United States. And so I was not the first one to go through the process. Um, the, I think the biggest thing for me was because I work for such a large company, I was able to move around. I had moved between locations literally three months before I came out at work. Uh, and if I had the opportunity to do it again, I wouldn't move. I would have stayed where I was at and just continued to do it at that location. I had such a good relationship with everybody there. Um, in fact, they all heard about it through the grapevine within a week of me coming out at the new location. And they very quickly, everyone at that store, the old store, contacted me very quickly and were very supportive. And every time I've walked into that store since, I have been um, greeted correctly with the correct pronouns, zero mistakes. The store that I had just moved to, they I think it was difficult for them to recognize, I, we just learned who you are, 
And now we're going to change that immediately. And so um, it was difficult for the second, the new store. Um, But I'm fortunate. I I work for a large company. I had the ability and I moved. Um, I changed. uh, Very big move. I went from living in Texas to uh, living in Tacoma, Washington. And I I love being up in Washington now. Uh, So um, I do think that Texas probably played a little bit of a factor in it as well. Um, just having the, the more conservative, um, feel, I, I think that the company that I work for doesn't hire people who wouldn't be inclusive and everyone wanted to be there. They just didn't, it wasn't important to a lot of the people at the new store. Cause I didn't have the relationships with them. Um, the old store was, it was important to them to do the, do it the right way because I had built a relationship with all of them. So. Um, but yeah, the, the experience itself wasn't bad at all. I, my company did an amazing job trying to walk me through everything for them. It was just once I was legally, everything had been legally changed. Then I was able to come out at work and they made no big deal about it or anything like that. Very nice. Very nice. That's good to hear. My, my past, uh, my past life in electrical, I was, uh, also a union representative. And so I, I like to learn how people in the community themselves have had uh you know relationships with uh with their work and how coming out was for them and i know the dynamic is is incredibly it's all over the board it's a whole other spectrum all on its own is is the experience that people get and i mean for myself i expected more when i came out i was working in the union office i was expecting to to have this huge um, you know, amazing, wonderful, smooth experience and just going from, from Christian and coming back after a period of time off um, as, as Charlotte. And it just didn't go that way for me. Um, our, our union office was, all the staff were phenomenal. Like the, the basic staff were amazing. My coworkers, my boss, who I expected to be this champion of the whole thing was not. Um it, it was basically like the response was, if I don't acknowledge this or put effort into this, that's my way of supporting her. Um, you know, like just let it go. But that actually in its own way kind of, you know, I didn't have the support I needed in that space to to do my job as this, you know, as, as a woman as opposed to a man and in a very male dominated industry that little bit of example from my boss would have gone a long way. Um, I was responsible for 500 uh, members, 500 people, and looking after, you know, their, their, essentially their human resource side. And, you know, I had to come out to all of them on my own. Um, I had to uh, deal with each individual person, you know, when I met them for something, I had to come out to the bosses. I had to come out to, you know, all of this sort of stuff. So I was constantly, constantly, constantly coming out on almost a daily basis, three or four times when it could have been a lot easier with uh, some support from, you know, the, the higher ups. So um, like I say, I take a very, I take an interest in how people uh, deal with work and, and that. And it's one of those things that I think for a pet project of my own uh, with the transfers, I would love to be able to offer some form of, you know, inclusivity help or coming out help to these organizations that just don't, they don't know what they're doing to support trans people. So. I, I will say that like my, my company did a great job of 
trying to roll it out. They did a great job of communicating it to associates and talking about the importance of pronouns. And they did a really good job with doing that. Um, there were some opportunities for sure. It was not perfect. Uh, I, I don't know that any company that I have heard of knows how to do it perfectly. And I think that the, the big reason for that is everybody's is unique. Uh, everybody's experience is going to be unique and what one person needs, what I needed when I came out at work is going to be different than what another associate working for the same company is going to need. And so like having a play, uh, as we call them, uh, that is much more general, um, and allows you to hit the important things. And then I, the, I think for me, the most important thing is having the support structure, not just for me, but for my boss and for um, their boss and uh, yeah. the, uh, the other people at the store, having a support structure um, available for, hey, what do I need? Like, I don't know what I need to do right now. How can I navigate this? Yeah. Um, exactly. And having that available is more important than, you know, a one size fits all cookie cutter approach. Um, Absolutely. And so I... Again, I work for an amazing company. I love working for them. Um, I'm actually getting ready to celebrate 10 years uh, with that company. Oh, um, awesome. And so for me, it was awesome because, again, over the last year, they've really improved uh, and made inclusivity and diversity a huge, a huge point. Um, and some of that, I think, was spurred by um, all of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, yeah. And so the company, you know, my company said, like, we got to do something. We have to, we have to prove and show to our associates more than the world. Like, it hasn't been made public that we're doing all of these things. We talk about it amongst ourselves as a company because it's more important that we show to the to our employees how how important and value they are. Um, and we've we do feedback weekly, monthly, daily. Um, on how we're doing things. And so when I transitioned, I was given the opportunity to sit down with my HR team and share exactly how it went and what I would have liked to have seen and what I would have liked to have done differently. And they took notes and they made changes. I obviously didn't get to experience those changes because I'd already come out. You don't, don't generally come out twice at work. Um, but generally. <laughs> I, I had been given that opportunity to say, this is what I would have liked to have seen. And it's been, um, it will be two years in October for me that since I came out, um, at work and it, I'm still being able to provide feedback about my experiences. I mean, I, I would love to have not had to move across the country, um, to be able to continue working for the company I was working for. Part of it was COVID happened and it made it easy for me to kind of, I got furloughed. So I was able to go, go away for a period of time. And then when I came back, I, was back at a new location and it allowed me to kind of just be me at this new store, which was great. Totally great experience. But, yeah. um, there certainly were, it was not all rainbows. Uh, there was, there were some opportunities for sure. Well, it's nice so that they're, they're receptive. And I think that's, that's a big piece is, is just that the conversation, the dialogue should be open. And that's, that's awesome. I'm glad they're supporting you that way. Fantastic. There, and there are companies, I've heard of other companies that do things completely differently. Um, I know that Chase is a company, um, Chase Bank is actually a really inclusive and open company and coming out at Chase um, can actually be uh, one of the easiest places to do. And they actually have, they have like full on LGBT 
like support things going on throughout the entire month of June, but then also do like trans awareness week is legitimately a thing that they take care of and, and make sure that they're doing things during that time frame. That's so, so great to hear. I like it that. it would that. be awesome to, to work for a company that, that does that kind of stuff. Um, I don't work for chase, uh, but <laughs> I've heard, I have some friends who do, and I've heard some of the things that they, they talk about and it's, that's pretty amazing. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Good. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Getting, a, getting interviewed myself today. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to flip that mic around, you know. <laughs> I I do not mind. I love being able to share my experiences. Um, I think that, you know, and, and I connect with all of my guests on some level. And I think that that's, that's the important thing is um, showing. I mean, it's literally the Trans Connections podcast because I want people to be able to connect with different stories and different people that they might, um, that they might have commonalities with. Excellent. Good. Keep it up. (laughs) Charlotte, do you have any parting words of wisdom? I always like to end these podcasts with just a final little thing that you might have to say. The final thing I'd have to say is the same thing that probably so many other people would tell you as well. Um, And that's just do you like, that's my biggest thing to the community. Um, Just be yourself and ultimately understand that you're not alone. Um, that's that's our transverse mission that's my mission as as you know just being a, an advocate in the community you're not alone out there if you need help if you need friendship if you need connection if you need any of that reach out um i know for myself i i leave my dms my my direct messages all that open um charlotte.danielle at the transverse.net email me ask me questions whatever i don't care you're not alone out there and just be yourself be true to you and you can't go wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, the same goes for the trans connections podcast. Instagram account is always open. If you need somebody, you want to talk to somebody, I'm always available to, to chat through Instagram DMS. Um, you just have to send the message and, and I'll respond. Yeah. And that's the hardest part is sending that message, but you can do it. And once you do it, you'll feel better. <laughs> All right. Well, Charlotte, thanks for coming on. I appreciate uh, hearing all about the the transverse and uh, your story. Uh, if you want to hear other stories um, like Charlotte's, uh, make sure you continue to listen to the Trans Connections podcast. Uh, and then also make sure you go check out the transverse. Uh, they have um, lots of shows where you get to hear lots of different stories. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to hear more amazing stories. And to share your own story, you can always reach me on Instagram at trans underscore connections underscore podcast or email me at transconnectionspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Trans Connections.